0: Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, what happens when Washington comes to town? On Tuesday, Tucson Mayor Rahina Romero held a news conference at the opening of a new neighborhood park on the city's south side. The project is among several that have been paid for with funds from large federal spending bills. And she thanked President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris for the investment.
1: Because they fought for these investments, the residents of the city of Tucson are benefiting from their vision.
0: Lane Santa Cruz, the city council member who represents the neighborhood where the natural park sits, was one of the speakers.
1: Now I'm
2: a big advocate for having more of these in, in our community because a lot of times we think of parks and we think of green lawns. Well, that's not sustainable in in the desert. And so how do we um, use what we have at the, the vegetation, the natural desert landscape at our disposal?
0: As was Tom Perez. He's a senior advisor to the president and the director of the White House's Office of Intergovernmental Affairs.
3: There has never been in our lifetime a more robust investment in building America, building out our infrastructure, making sure in that process that we view everything through that equity lens, understanding that zip code will no longer Determine destiny.
0: The media event was the final part of a tour that Romero, Santa Cruz, and others gave Perez, showing him how recent federal dollars have been spent in Tucson. Such tours are not uncommon. In fact, Perez wasn't the only federal official who Romero met with that day in Tucson. So, what goes on when Washington comes to town? The buzz was invited to tag along for the tour.
3: Oh, it's good great to be. see you. How's it going, Tom? How's the trip? I know that you're oh, we've had me.
0: we've had the day started when Perez arrived at uh, City Hall, just, being greeted uh, by the mayor before hopping on one of the new city buses that was paid for in part with federal dollars.
1: It is an electric <laughs> kneeling bus wow. and it's hundred percent fully electric. And we purchased these buses with twenty-one million dollars from the Federal uh, Transit Administration Mm -hmm. through the Inflation Reduction Act. So it was an opportunity that we applied for. The city of Tucson was ready because uh, we created our climate action and adaptation plan. It's called Tucson Resilient Together. So one of our commitments is to be zero emissions by 2030, internally as a city. And by 2025, all of our um, bus fleet will be no to zero emission fleet by 2025. And that couldn't have happened uh, without the vision and really, Going after the Inflation Reduction Act. It's, it's
3: incredible to see. Mayor, this ideas. is Godman.
0: They briefly chatted Hola, with their bus driver as they got on board.
1: Tom Perez is a senior advisor to President Biden.
3: Is different to have this bus? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. As the tour
0: started, <laughs> Romero led know, off by detailing to efforts to plant more trees within city limits.
1: Uh, when I was running for mayor the first time around in 2019, we set a initiative, a goal of planting a million trees by 2030. And as you well know, uh, planting trees is a nature-based approach right. to climate change. Um, and it really helps in so many different ways. And the way that we wanted to do it in Tucson was uh, with an equity lens. Mm -hmm. And so we created an equity map as to where we were going to um, plant the trees, right? Prioritize Mm -hmm. our trees, our tree planting. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing that I did as mayor was create a partnership between a nonprofit organization which is Trees for Tucson and our for-profit partners, companies in our community that wanted to uh, invest in our Million Trees effort. Mm -hmm. And um, So Tucson Clean and Beautiful, which is Mm -hmm. also called Trees for Tucson, uh, was our nonprofit partner of the mayor's office uh, with the city. And then our our for-profit partners, we started um, fundraising and putting it through the nonprofit organization. I fund about $850,000. Of non-government uh, funds? Non-government funds oh. to wow. plant to plant trees. And uh, most recently, we received a $5.1 million grant from um, the Urban Forestry right. Program, yeah. which will USDA. continue feeding yeah. our, our 27 million trees in it. Mean,
3: it's just like with clean buses and your tree initiative, if you don't have a partner, you can't scale it. And it, and if you can't scale it, we're going to be here till the cows come yeah, Exactly. To Romero
0: told Perez that these efforts were largely focused on traditionally disadvantaged neighborhoods.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you said something a couple minutes ago that resonated, which is you know, one of the um, under-discussed executive actions that the president took, quite literally, it may have been day one, if it wasn't day one, it was week one, was an executive order on equity. Because we knew, you know, remember back January 21, we're in the throes of COVID. We have a COVID-induced recession that we have to climb out of. And we knew that there was going to be an unprecedented set of opportunities. Because moments of gravest crisis are also moments of greatest opportunity yes you look back at our history yes. you know the Great Depression you know we we, we built Social Security we built uh, the New Deal uh, you know those moments we do that and um, the thing that I appreciate and the president appreciates about what you've done is you've really taken the equity uh, executive action to heart I mean look where we're going to be going and you know when you when you have buses like this going through communities. And and you know that communities that are often most um, affected by toxic waste dumps, you know, all sorts of uh, environmental justice challenges are disproportionately communities of color. If everyone
2: can take a moment to look around where we are right now.
0: That's Charlene Mendoza, Mayor Romero's chief of staff.
2: Is going to be looking up at the 22nd Street revitalization project. But what you're seeing here as we move through is the neighborhoods that this bus actually can't get to.
0: Perez says that equity is a big piece of how officials decide which projects get funding, and Mayor Romero reiterates that point.
1: All of the federal funds that we have been receiving, like you said, we've taken it to heart, the equity piece. Because like these neighborhoods, as Charlene mentioned, these neighborhoods have been historically disinvested in, and I just want you to, mm-hmm. we're gonna go and, and take a look at the, um, the neighborhoods surrounding the 22nd Street Bridge that have been historically disinvested neighborhoods are less than a quarter mile away from the University of Arizona. Wow. So it, their lack of infrastructure in terms of wow. getting that's, to the U of A, um, has been a barrier wow. to many of these neighborhoods uh, and that's, the kids that are growing up there. That's a cool
3: irony. Isn't you're, it incredible? Uh, you know, you're walkable to a world-class institution, but it, you, of you of really can't barriers. get there. That looks like one of the stadiums. That's their football stadium right yes, there. Yes,
1: absolutely.
3: Yeah. The critical thing about the partnership is, you know, President Biden laid out the the vision of equity, but you all are in the best position to know how that translates into your community yeah. which is why you know it's kind of uh it's the definition of synergy you know when you bring two things together and the whole is that much better than the sum of the parts because you know, i don't i'm i'm stunned to learn this history you know a half a mile from a world-class institution that you know there are that there are those barriers that, that barrier and that i'm inspired to know that you're doing infrastructure something. about your barriers it. yeah
2: well, one of the other pieces that we use as an opportunity during the pandemic yeah. with the federal funds was to make transit there free.
0: That's Ward One yeah. Council yeah. Member Continued. Lane Santa Cruz.
2: Year, the city continues right. to invest in making sure that that stays accessible right. to our community because we know who rides the bus are right. folks that don't have yeah. another option to get around and also okay. limited yeah. income. So that's been number
3: of cities yeah. have done that, and I Applaud the, every time. The, By the way, I see a Job Corps Center there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, this is Job Corps. a former Labor Secretary. I'm always <laughs> looking for Job Corps centers, okay?
1: So, this is the I, I did 22nd Street um, yeah. area. This is the bridge that we've been talking about. Okay. We received a $25 million g- raise grant uh, from yeah. the, the um, infrastructure. bipartisan infrastructure yeah. bill and the reason it's important to be here and 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 see it view it is because this is one of the infrastructure barriers that are that our children on the other side of the neighborhood uh, have in front of us right uh railroad huge busy highway and a bridge that is very unfriendly to pedestrians and bicyclists
0: rebuilding the 22nd street bridge has been talked about for more than a decade The bridge has a 15-ton weight limit.
1: so We can't ride this bus over 22nd Street Bridge because it can't hold it, because it's dangerous to be able to ride. School buses cannot ride them, trucks cannot uh, ride it, emergency vehicles cannot drive on it because it is so dangerous of failure. Uh, that what happens with uh, suntan buses and school buses and emergency vehicles um, and fire trucks and uh, commercial uh, trucks they have to go through the neighborhood on the other side of the neighborhood and so when you were saying tom that uh, low-income neighborhoods and communities of color are the first and worst hit by climate Uh, and the effects of greenhouse gas emissions and emissions from these huge vehicles, they're going through the neighborhood and leaving their emissions there. And so it's affecting the neighborhood with traffic and heavy, heavy traffic. And, um, uh, you know, the emissions that are left to the children in that neighborhood and the the seniors and the people. Let
0: me ask a quick question, if if I could, as you've as yeah. Secretary of Labor years ago and, and now in this role, are these typical things you're hearing about infrastructure? And I'm sure when they built the 22nd Street Bridge, it was there was a big ribbon-cutting ceremony and how great it was, yeah. but now looking back on it, maybe not such a good idea. Is this typical of the kind of well, thing you uh, see and are trying to fix? With the I funding? mean, a, a
3: big part of um, infrastructure projects in the 60s which is why there's an initiative that we call reconnecting communities um, i grew up in buffalo new york and in the 1960s they built an expressway so that quite frankly the white people from the suburbs could get to downtown uh, a lot faster and and where did they what what community did they completely dissect it was the black community in the east side of buffalo As a result of the Reconnecting Communities Initiative, um, they have just gotten the final green light to reconnect that community. Um, If you go to one of the largest uh, infrastructure projects in America right now is the Brent Spence Bridge, which connects Northern Kentucky to Cincinnati. That was number two or number three on uh, the list of, nationally, on the list of projects. Um, And the prior president, famously stood in front of it and said, we're gonna replace this bridge and famously, infamously did nothing. Um, the bridge is now being done. And part of that, when that bridge was built in the 60s, it dissected the black community in Cincinnati. So, you know, as we think about um, infrastructure, it's, it's not simply about getting people places faster uh, and, and cleaner. It's about understanding how we truly do reconnect communities to make sure that no community is left behind. That's a big part of the legacy of this Eisenhower moment that we're living.
0: You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. We're behind the scenes of a recent tour that Tucson Mayor Regina Romero gave to Tom Perez, a senior advisor in the White House. The next stop of projects that federal dollars help pay for is a facility that's removing dangerous chemicals from an area aquifer, including the chemicals known as PFAS. Perez sees a parallel between work on the PFAS problem and another water crisis that caught national attention.
3: When the Flint water crisis occurred, you know it awakened a nation to the the notion that, like every time you're going to your water supply at home, you're putting your life yes. in danger. Yes. But I think there was a sense that, oh, you know, poor Flint, but that's an isolated incident. Um, it's anything but. And and that's why, you know, the president's commitment to replacing, you know, all the lead pipes. So not just getting mm-hmm. lead out of the water, but addressing the people. And Utah's year. remediation. Yeah, no, which I is- mean, that's, I was just in Wausau, Wisconsin. They did, they just built a whole new, you know, water treatment infrastructure with ARPA dollars because that had a major PFAS problem. Yes, and,
1: and the city of Tucson and Tucson Water have been um, uh, benefiting from the investments that President Biden pushed for through the Inflation Reduction Act to remediate uh, PFAS. We started p- finding PFAS in our water system about Five, six, six years ago and Tucson Water through Mayor and Council um, action we said no we, we will pick up the right. remediation costs right? knowing that we were not causing that contamination right. in our we, system we're, right? We're, That's we're, a Department right. of Defense yeah. problem uh, with um, DM, Davis-Monthan and the Air National Guard that is and um, yeah. Tucson Airport so but the city of Tucson has picked up about fifteen million million in remediation because we want to make sure that yeah. Tucsonans feel that our water is safe to drink right.
3: there's some things that are on the nice-to-do list and there's some things that we have to do Yeah, the have to do, we list. have to do and this is a have-to-do item because we we know the science and um, and one thing that's been helpful yeah, you know, indispensable about this, uh, you know, these investments now is communities are able to pick up the pace. And there's such a better understanding of PFAS and it's, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate ubiquitousness in so many communities.
0: You said a lot of cities obviously are, are dealing with this, but it sounds like Tucson might be ahead of the game a little bit, not waiting just for the federal dollars, but using that to backfill. And-
3: yeah, no. I I mean, Tucson's been ahead of the curve on a host of things. PFOS is one. Uh, we're going to go see the tree planting, and they're way ahead of other communities in understanding the opportunities. And, you know, they're one of the first cities that applied for and got, you know, the bus that were uh, under the um, the IRA. And I mean, the, the science has become compelling uh, on this. We don't need to sit here and debate whether you want to have PFOS in your drinking water. And, and so I really commend the mayor and the council and you know, folks around here for getting ahead of that. I'm, I'm proud of what we've been able to do at the same time. I am acutely aware that what the federal government has been able to do um, only begins to meet the moment. And uh, that's why, you know, DOD is really important because obviously the big source of the problem, you know, was you know, davis Month, and, and, and it's that's not a unique challenge to here. I mean, these these issues are, you know, you go to you go to uh, facilities, U.S. bases, literally around the world, are dealing with uh, these challenges.
1: But it is it really is, the the federal funds and being yeah. able to direct them to cities directly has been an incredible game changer to the benefits of how we put them to work, right? As an American, you know, the 33rd largest city in this country and uh, a mayor of of a large American city, to be able to have the funds to put them to work to the needs that we have is Transformational, oh absolutely, and once in a lifetime opportunity. So that's why for us, like I, I just talked to you about thirty-three point five million dollars in terms of PFAS remediation. We talked about twenty-five million dollars from federal funds uh, for Twenty Second Street Bridge, twenty-one point five million dollars for electric buses. Let's make the math. Let's do the math here. (laughs) Uh, Millions and millions of dollars uh, for tangible benefits um, for- Yeah, personas.
3: no, I mean, there was, I mean, there was $3 billion just from the infrastructure bill for Arizona.
0: As we approach our final destination, Romero begins telling Perez about the area's history.
1: This neighborhood is Rose neighborhood, one of the areas that was highly impacted by the construction of Interstate 19. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was uh, flooding, Um, And this particular, the neighbors decided uh, through the work of council member Santa Cruz's office and the work that we did with our Tucson Million Trees, the neighbors decided that they wanted to pick up a a city-owned parcel. And that was a really troublesome site, right? It was, there was an area where people throw trash and it was wildcat dumping and... So uh, we started working. Uh, my climate and sustainability advisor yeah. with our nonprofit organization, Trees for Tucson, which we right. partnered with uh, to plant our million trees, with the Ward 1 office and the neighbors. And they're the ones that said, We want something done in this park. I partnered with uh, uh, Mr. Carwash, our private partner, and Mr. Carwash committed $150,000. Uh, to plant trees and create this green space uh, in rose neighborhood it's called lamar park uh we're going to meet with the uh, neighborhood association vice president and other uh folks within the city of tucson uh but you want to jump in yep. and you want to tell us a little bit about
2: yeah so this is the other another sin of the, the freeways that when they built them the culvert boxes for when it rains and the flooding that have they weren't big enough, so it rains, the water can't flow to the river, so it backs up into into the neighborhood. Uh, so with with the infrastructure that uh, with with the park and the rainwater harvesting and um, that that's part of the park, it's helping alleviate some of the flooding that happens with the wash. You know, trying to to move into
1: into the river. So besides planting trees, Tom, uh, we're also planting water. So we're doing green infrastructure to help oh, uh. us water our our trees. I, I was Native was going my next question. Drou- Drou- I walked right into that one, didn't I? Native drought tolerant trees yeah. uh, where you're, you're going to see some berms and how we plant okay. we use rainwater to water our native trees so that we don't have to use as much potable water. And so you're gonna see tiny trees because we just did the planting. and There's some mature trees that were here already. Um, but this is, uh, Lamar Park is a perfect example of a na- nature, uh, a, a nature natural, par- desert. Natural, natural desert, natural desert park. park.
0: And with that, the bus arrives and people begin to file out to the news conference. A couple of days later, we caught up with Mayor Romero to ask her how she thought the visit went.
1: I believe that President Biden uh, wants to make sure that um, his advisors and his team of secretaries of all of the departments in the federal government, are seeing firsthand the impact of how the bipartisan infrastructure law and the Inflation Reduction Act is working for people. Because at the end of the day, uh, knowing President Biden and and you know serving on his re-election uh, campaign advisory board, knowing where he's coming from, he really wants to. Uh, take care of people, of working families. That he has been absolutely clear on. And so uh, they really want to talk about the stories and, and see the people and see firsthand in a tangible way uh, how these investments are making a difference.
0: He mentioned um, a couple of times especially during the news conference, that somehow when it comes to getting federal funding, Tucson, and therefore you as the the mayor of Tucson, are always right at the front of the line. You had a chance, obviously, not only on the tour, but afterwards to meet with him briefly, privately, as officials will do. And then you moved off to another meeting because there was an assistant secretary um, out of Department of Interior who was here to announce some good things for Arizona the next day. Are these also a good chance for you to make sure that we're staying at the front of the (laughs) line? And if you can tell us if you were pushing for anything, what? what the next thing you were trying to get from either of those folks were? (laughs) Uh,
1: My intent in my conversations with the president and all of the secretaries of his departments, uh, and in this case, the senior advisor and and the assistant secretary uh, for the Department of Interior, is to showcase uh, what uh, the city of Tucson and its mayor and council have been able to do. Um, And it really gives me reassurance that uh, my vision for our city is headed in the right way, right? And that it's very aligned with President's Biden agenda of investing in our country, and in my position in investing in Tucson and our people. So that alignment is something that ha- We've been able to use to be successful in applying for the federal funds that have become available, right? The alignment of uh, policy priorities is absolutely something that we have a leg up on. And uh, I'm going to continue making sure that uh, that we continue getting in that line because we're ready to go and it's based on what Tucsonans want to see happen into the future of our city.
0: Well, thanks for catching up with us after the tour. And thanks for inviting us to be a fly on the wall during the tour.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad that you were there. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: And that's the buzz for this week. Tune in next week as we ask what control a state has at a federal border. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR app. Zach Ziegler is our producer. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening.